and welcome to episode 128 of The Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Stanislav here in Chicago, and with me on the line in his finest pair of sweatpants from Denver, Colorado, where it gets cold at night, it's the one and only Shane Beeps. Just the two of us Ooh. contractually obligated to sing yeah. this at this point um. because we ain't got no Dave. Okay. We got to get better at rhyming songs. Remember how Remember how the other week we talked about how busy our lives were lately? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, just, you know, and then, and then I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on an airplane because my flight was delayed. Yeah, uh, three hours, and then we lose Dave to work, just work things. Hashtag. Yeah, he had to do a shift over at uh, the <laughs> diner, over at Dive Down Industries, where we, you know, he's he's got a he's got a man he's got a man the mines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the mines of Modern Horizons too. I'm really glad you did have Spike on last week though, because he got this. He just said everything I was going to say. It was like having me on the podcast. I. I love when he does that. I think about that all the time. It's just like, is he reading my notes? He said literally word for word, every every take I had on every card. So it was like I was here. It was like you were here. I really, I was sad to miss it in full full honesty. The very, I was really upset. Like, yeah, I have I not missed an episode in a long time. And then to miss the full set review part one of Modern Horizons was a big deal. It was one of our most popular episodes of all time. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Probably had nothing to do with Aspiring Spike being on it. He When he comes on, we usually get fewer listens. Yeah, drastically fewer. People are like, <laughs> this Aspiring Spike? No. We need the, the real deals. Spikes. He was a great guest, uh, and you were sorely missed. And now we're recording the, the new episode, part two of our Modern Horizons set review. Yeah, so what this episode is basically going to be, we're going to finish up the stuff you guys get in didn't get to which was what like all half of the multicolored and all of the artifacts and lands you didn't touch and so we'll start there there's some odds and ends there's some yeah, there's, there's some odds random and ends and, and, then, and then all the reprints too yeah. so we'll start we'll start back in we'll just we'll start from white and so we'll have a few things in like what wooberg and then we'll have a lot more i think in multicolored artifacts and lands and stuff like that because we got to talk about if arid mace is really going to make an impact in modern spoiler alert i don't think so before we do, can I get to my favorite part of every episode? Please. It's housekeeping. My favorite. Shout out to the newest patrons to join the Dive Down Nation. It's Scary23 and Granger at H. Granger H. Or as the Australians might say, Granger H. Also, big thank you to Mike W for going up a tier in their Patreon support. It means the world to us and we appreciate it. For sure. If you want to join the Patreon, head on over to patreon.com. Slash the dive down, all one word. There's probably there's a dot in there for the dot com and mm-hmm. a slash. Mm-hmm. But D- is that www? Yeah, the, the triple dub. We appreciate all the the patrons out there. Uh, I I love the the loyalty and the ongoing support. So many of you have been giving us over the you know the last like two and a half years almost at this point two plus years of of Patreon. I, I've always wanted to ask you this, Shane. Do you prefer an HTTP? Or an HTTPS. I use HTTPS anywhere. I sell. I force HTTPS. You force? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, I'm I'm all about that encryption, my friend. Wow. The S in Shane stands for security. 
Yes. A lot of people don't know that. It's actually Security Hane Beeps is your full name. <laughs> you know you can put a dot in like your email address? In Gmail, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah it's it's s.hane <laughs> for Security Hane. Uh, yeah, but if you'd like to keep us going, keep the lights on over at Dive Down Inc., get Dave that new uh, nice apron for when he's down in the Dive Down Mines. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, help us out there. It's cool. If you if you if you don't want to support somebody else, we're cool. There's a, there's a lot of you know newer uh, newer content creators who could probably use uh, some support. They want to be you know, they want to be able to support uh, afford an editor like we've been able to do for a couple of years. And you know, if you want to do that, feel free. If you want to support us, feel free. We appreciate it. We're going to be here either way. Is that a threat or a promise? A little bit of both. If you want to support the show while playing Magic, maybe test out some of these cool new cards in Modern Horizons, the best way to do that is with Mana Traders. A rental subscription will let you rent Magic online cards. And if you use the coupon code THEDIVEDOWN2021 when you sign up, you'll get 15% off your first two months of a rental account. Get out there and break the format. Oh, that was the end of the episode. Should we just wrap up or... Go back to the beginning. Memento. No, just, just, yeah, call it. I mean, we don't have Dave. We don't have Spike. What's the point of this episode? Actually, Shane, I have a, a small favor to ask. Do you mind taking me on a little spin through Cool Decks Inc.? Might as well. I was thinking, I didn't know what order we'd do this episode in, but we might as well keep the traditional break. I think we have a breakdown, a dive down, and a wind down, really, for this app. And so the breakdown will be Cool Decks Inc., the first one of Modern Horizons 2. And I am after this. We had a modern challenge on the weekend. And in the top eight itself, there were three brand new decks, sort of. And I want to talk about uh, three of them. Yeah, all three of those that I just mentioned. The first of which is Dom Harvey, SCG grinder, writer, and host of the lovely new modern focused podcast, Dom in Aria's Judgment. There's a little little play on where Dom, see how Dom, Dom Harvey Ari Lax, they are, they're doing a really good job. I really like the podcast. If they're, they're even more modern focused than us, you know, we, we've thrown in the pioneer and the historic content. I don't know what pioneer is anymore. That's just in our byline, but they're all modern all the time. And I think they're doing a great job. So check those two out. So Dom Harvey just casually showed up and won the modern challenge on this updated hardens scales list. And he stated in a tweet, the MH2 stuff sends this deck to the moon and it's even more delightful to play now. Urza's Saga is broken. Exclamation point. That mm. bodes well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deck is base green, of course, for some usual suspects like Hardened Scales, Ancient Stirrings. Splash is a bit into red, I think primarily for the activated ability of the new creature, Zabaz, the Glimmer Wisp. And since we didn't talk about Zabaz last week, it's a one mana modular one creature and adds an extra one one counter for all of your modular triggered abilities. So this works nicely with some of our typical scales creatures like Hangerback Walker, Walking Ballista, Arcbound Worker, and of course, Arcbound Ravager, which is like tripled in price to generate modular triggers, make a bunch of counters, create lethal situations for your opponent to deal with. Uh, there's support artifacts like the Ozolith, Power Conduit, Throne of Geth, all of these ways to sort of generate extra counters. And of course, Urza Saga, the land that can make giant constructs when you're board is full of other artifacts and it gives you a large number of useful artifacts excuse me when you, when you when you're already getting a large number of other useful artifacts and creatures out there so scales looks like it's back get your stony silences ready 
Can I play Karn the Great Creator? Why not? You can do that. Yeah, so Urza Saga here, really interesting. It has to stick around for a minute. It's not like there's a bunch of Blood Moons flying around by any means, at least in this current metagame. But the third mode, yeah, the third mode, search your library for an artifact with CMC 0 or 1, that gets most of the deck. (laughs) Yeah, it it gets basically everything but Arcbound, Ravager, which is a huge thing to miss, but there's so many other pieces of value in the deck otherwise i think it actually in what um doesn't the ozolith cost two as well ozolith cost one my goodness i guess that too yeah it's good good deck uh, i'm hyped i'm hyped for scales to be back in some way shape or form of course scales like dredge is one of those decks where if there's enough hate out there it might be more challenging but i think there's a lot of ways for players who are good at this style of deck to generate value and have some fun one of the other new cards here is Power Depot, which is that artifact land that comes in tap, taps are colorless. And, oh, yeah. Thanks and, for pointing that out. And that has modular one. What's interesting about talking about this card right now, right before we get to the set review, is that I just totally wrote that card off. And I'm both impressed and yeah. surprised that we can have a tapped land in the first place list of the first modern challenge. One of the first modern challenges after the set comes out. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I didn't mention anything about what, what he thought about the land. I'm, cur- I'm curious what we'll see in terms of how often it is played, if it becomes more or less of that land. So it's cool. What else you got for me, Shane? Teamer Footfalls Cascade. So right after Dom in second place was Mr. Fister with Teamer Footfalls. This deck is built around getting free crashing footfalls off of the cascade trigger of either Violent Outburst or shardless agent there's no actual two mana value or one mana value cards in the deck so if you cast either violent outburst or shardless you're gonna cascade into footfalls and spit out a couple four four rhinos but there's a lot of other interesting ways the deck gets interaction in terms of things like bone crusher giant brazen power fire ice force of negation the new card subtly there's a lot of there's a couple uh, strong four drops like Jason Mind Sculptor, Cryptic Command, rounding out the deck. This deck seems cool. There's a lot of you know value cards here. There's getting a lot of value, and four four rhino, rhinos do not hurt as well. Mm-mm. Yeah, this is this might be one of the first cards I try once we start looking for content for our upcoming sleeve believe heave video. I've never played with Charlotte's Agent. Yeah, love the design, the very elegant design of this deck. It still has a ton of interaction with Bone Crusher Giant and Brazen Borrower, as you said, and, and subtlety. Yeah, I mean, yeah, force stuff, subtlety stuff. Really, really neat. But because Shardless, because its CMC is three and it needs, you know, anything that's two or less, even that stomp doesn't come up when you cascade, which I think is a little unintuitive. I, you, you know what I will say I'm a little surprised about is that it has no mana acceleration, right? You're just playing mm-hmm. Shardless Agent on turn three. Get a simple, easy two for one, a three mana two two. I guess seems good. Yeah, definitely is not kind of getting started out of the gate. But as early as turn two, you can start interacting with your opponent. You can start bouncing stuff back to their hand. You can start stopping stuff. You can you have, of course, both force and subtlety, which, as we've mentioned in in the previous episode, they work well together. When you have those cards, you can either force something if needed to. You can, uh, I don't even know there's the, the verb to subtle something. But yeah, there's options. It's like a gust. I think it's a gust effect. <laughs> and, and you know what? You can just suspend rhinos on turn one as well. I think that's a 
perfectly fine play. There's nothing else you can do to cheat them uh, out. Stan, that's that's far too fair. <laughs> that's true. Speaking of fair, let's talk about the next deck real fast because we got a lot of cards to talk about. Uh, we've got Food Gak, which is, I believe, a coined from Dom Harvey. Stan, are you looking at the Modern Challenge? Who was this pilot? I didn't actually write the pilot down. It's Drew, 3141. Well, this man from the year 3141. Uh, this is a deck I've been seeing on a lot of the Twitterverse, and this is a different build than I have been seeing. The main thrust of this deck appears to be generating food tokens through uh, Asmo, as I will call her, and her Underworld Cookbook, along with Witch's Oven, Trail of Crumbs, and this then powers artifact synergies for cards like Emery and Metallic Rebuke. And then, of course, the Gak part of this deck comes from Feasting Troll King, a Throne of Eldraine staple, <laughs> normally costs two green, 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 green for a 7-6 with Vigilance and Trample. More importantly, it can come back out of your graveyard by sacrificing three foods. And so one of the wild includes here to me is Oval Chase Daredevil. And that appears to be for refilling your hand with a card because it can be, if you discard this card, for example, into your graveyard, if you generate any artifact back onto the battlefield, then it goes back into your hand. That's a, what, I think it's a three and a black four, two or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And what this does is it loops really cleanly with the cookbook because you can discard it to the cookbook and it's tapped ability to generate a food which then gets it back into your hand. I think it works that way, right? Because you discard it as part of the active, as part of the cost, and then you get it back. So with Asmo in play, you have all these foods, and that then allows you to remove opposing creatures if you need to by sacking two of those. I think this is a very grindy looking deck. Like you, you can grind your way to victory by removing creatures, by getting uh, chip damage in, by getting, and then eventually sticking a feasting troll king to the battlefield, trample over whatever puny weaklings are on the other side. I have not seen this particular deck in action, but it looks like it can be explosive at times. It looks like it can grind at other times. I don't think this is the new Hogak, but it sure looks like a lot of fun if you like making food tokens. Yeah, so I'm looking at this deck list, and outside of the mana base, uh, the most expensive card in the set, or in this list, is still Asmar and Omar Decay, Dacenac, Yuldakar. Otherwise, it's practically a budget list. Like, even the Feasting yeah. Troll Kings. It's like a dollar, two dollars. <laughs> yeah, they're less than a buck. <laughs> so I think that's neat. And maybe if this sticks around, now might be a good time to pick up those Troll Kings. Because I don't think they were seeing a ton of play outside. Like, maybe they saw some standard play. But I feel like they're, they're kind of bulk rare status until now. Yeah, I've seen some similar decks to this. This, this one is definitely different than the ones I have been seeing. I've been seeing decks that are leaning more heavily into the discard synergy and not into the sort of artifact synergy. Like they're using Blazing Rootwalla, Burning Inquiry, Goblin Lore, Insolent Neonate, Street Wraith, and of course Asmo and her cookbook. And the deck is trying to power out Vengevines from the graveyard. You get free or cheap hollow ones. You're also generating food tokens to get back Feasting Troll King as well. Mm -hmm. What's hilarious to me is that this deck is using another Throne of Eldraine staple, Bartered Cow. A common three and a white three three that generates a food token when it dies or is more importantly in this deck discarded. So great flavor, <laughs> and it's it's great to see this card finally get his day in the sun. <laughs> Bartered cow, moo. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped to test out that deck more than anything else. Honestly, uh, the new Vengevine uh, style decks I think look like a lot of fun. 
It's another. It's 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 Hollow One's back. Vengevine's back. I'm amped. Yes, I I think these Asmore decks are kind of the breakout week one decks um, that are yeah, probably, one of them for sure that are probably getting the most hype um, in in the immediate MTGO release. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean that those I think those decks. This is just the the tip of the iceberg. Like this is just the first stuff we're starting to see be successful. I, we've seen all sorts of decks on Twitter. I think over the next few weeks, we will definitely be keeping our ear to the ground, be testing some things and keep you all in the loop on what people are doing with Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, I mean, Saffron Olive has already figured out a way to play squirrels in Modern, so. Yeah, I mean, one of the squirrels that I think you talked about last week is perhaps a legitimate one of in uh, in Yogg. So we'll see. Life is good. All right, let's talk about some cards, shall we? Dan, do you want to have an official? Do you want to do official uh break you want to have a stay with us okay we're gonna take an official break right now so i'm gonna leave you with a stay with us all right so like we did last week we're going to start with the white cards that we haven't touched on yet you are going to hear us skip over cards pretty generously a lot of them if if we think that they might be limited fodder if we genuinely don't think that they have potential in constructed modern we're going to save you the time and save us the effort we might miss some playables as a result we'll try not to yeah i mean the second half there's a lot of commons and uncommons you know dumped in the in the final few days so uh until we get back into the multicolored i think we have just a handful of cards maybe what 10 15 who knows? We'll figure that out. So I'm going to try naming the cards we're skipping, but let me know if you want to speak to any of them. And Shane and listeners, yeah, I, Shane, I can't see your notes. I'm only looking yeah. at my oh, notes right now. You should now. look at my notes because that'll tell you what I want to talk about. Well, you can tell me. Do you okay, want to talk well, about? I want to talk, I want to talk about talk Javelinier only because it's a it's it's a strict upgrade from Archbond Worker. If it, you have white in your deck, okay. you know, I think if someone figures out a a white splash or a naya or some kind of uh modular style deck and then arcbound javelinier uh will oh yeah i probably shouldn't read these cards arcbound javelinier is single white for a 01 it comes out with modular one so it's a one two you can tap it to remove x one one counters from arcbound javelinier it then deals x damage to target attacking or blocking creature so there's just a little bit of upside over your typical uh arcbound worker do you want to talk about Arcbound Prototype? No, I, th- I think we can skip, honestly, all the way to, man. Blossoming Calm? I don't even think that, but I mean, this this can't even be worth a sideboard slot, right? Blossoming Calm, which is what? Single white mana for an instant. You gain Hexproof until your next turn. So that's your turn and your opponent's turn. Yeah. You, g- you gain two life and it has rebound. I just, yeah. I think that's a lot of value and I can imagine it universe where this is an effective sideboard card against burn decks i don't know i feel like there's other ways you just you would do the same thing but i mean i could be wrong we'll find out yeah so yeah we're skipping arc round arc bound prototype barbed spike blacksmith's skill we we covered blossoming calm briefly i think we skip capricrome even though devour artifact is very cool disciple of the sun pass fairgrounds patrol nah guardian kirin nope Healer's Flock, yeah, it's three Healer's Hawks. We get it. Uh, Knighted Mirror, Lens Flare, Marble Gargoyle, Nykthos Paragon, 
piercing rays, all no. Resurgent belief, I think this is worth talking about. We're already back into, uh, what? We're, oh, this is the end of white, correct? We're still in white. This is still a white card. Resurgent belief. Right, so this has no casting cost. <gasps> it's free? That seems dangerous. This is a sorcery with suspend two for one and a white. And it reads, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, that's a legitimate card. That could be something there. Do you think this only goes into Enchantress decks? Or do you think you could actually generate a little value from this in anything that's running circumstantial, maybe enchantment-based removal? Oh, yeah. A lot. I think there's definitely something here. One, importantly, the suspend cost is cheap. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, right? The suspend 2 is cheap. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the good things about the suspend cards in this set altogether is that we can legitimately think about, oh, suspend two is not suspend four, obviously, right? But like you said, Stan, I, I think enchantment decks personally are going to be bad, but there's something definitely to be said in terms of enchantment-based removal, in terms of the oaths, in terms of uh, what? Like there's prison decks that rely on their enchantments. Like if, if people are sort of picking off these individual enchantments one by one and you just are like, well, here's my resurgent belief. Good luck, Joker. And then, yeah, there's just, I think there's a lot of options here. It's efficiently costed. That's interesting. So maybe a deck running something like Ghostly Prison, like a red-white enchantment-based prison strategy. Yeah, my, my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Do you think maybe this is coming in out of the sideboard once they're bringing in, you know, all of their enchantment hate? You have like a little bit of recursion? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the primary way it's played. I think there's a lot of other combo style things that are more important and mm-hmm more interesting but i don't know if this is on my broken or useless list but i think it's one of those things where it's going to be doing if it's if it's played it's going to be doing things that you're like oh no not like this interesting yeah i mean for what it's worth i think it's a pretty narrow role player that kind of demands like a certain type of build around plan but i can see it being a little sneaky a, a little sneaky stinker that just like oh, now we're playing cast out in modern because we can cycle it early and then get it back later if we really want to. Why not? All right, so I think we're going to skip search the premises. Yep, gone. Skyblade's boon. I would not look for that card. I'm frustrated by Skyblade's boon because I think Griff's boon is just better and was in a standard set. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just limited fodder. Soul of Migration, pretty expensive. Unbound potential. Nah. Burdened aerialist. I feel burdened just reading that card. ethereum spinner nope i'm doing a spin move past this floodhound nope foul watcher upset this exists don't you think this would go straight into your nightmare oathbreaker commander deck well you know me i love weird tribal decks all right we are in blue territory now uh we've been in blue territory hard (laughs) evidence uh no but i love it i love that this card exists i think it's a cool card inevitable betrayal so okay, the, okay. Let's, this let's talk one. about another suspend card. Another suspend one. Suspend three, one blue blue. So rather than cast it from your hand because you can't, you have to pay one blue blue and exile it with three time counters on it. Uh, when this resolves, you search your target opponent's library for a creature card and put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles. This is kind of good, right? Isn't this potentially really good? I think this is bad on turn six. You think? But I think in like an as foretold or electro dominant strategy where yeah. you can actually cast this early, 
I think this comes out of the sideboard and it's a huge haymaker. Yeah, this could do cool things. Like this is a this is a big card. And, and the stuff that like everyone's looking at Emrakul, obviously, but if we consider worm the possibility Wormcoil, that's a card. But even maybe these um, unearth persist decks. Yeah. Like if we see an actual graveyard strategy emerge out of the set because of unmarked grave, I can see this being one way to actually fight that deck in addition to graveyard hate. Where you yeah. can both attack their graveyard and then yoink a card that's whatever their payoff is straight out of their library. But again, yeah. I think this is a pretty narrow card as well. Where it's going to oh, yeah, be really I mean, good in the deck that can make it work. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I think, never going to be cast fairly. I think it has to be, like and like you said, those the As For Told style cheaty decks. And like you said, I think it's in the sideboard. But then when it's there, I think there's a lot of cool things this card can do, and I would not be surprised to see it be part of a cool strategy. Fun. Uh, let's give it a Believe Plus. Yes. All right. Um, next up, Merktide Regent, which I also want to talk about. Yeah, me uh, too. Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a cool card. CCI, Cool Cards, Inc. Merktide Regent, five blue, blue. Wait, that's expensive. Oh, wait, it does Delph. Oh. Each card you exile from your graveyard while casting this uh, spell pays for one generic mana. So it's, it can be as cheap as blue blue if you have five cards in your graveyard to double away. It has flying. It's a 3-3. Three, three. That's still not very good. Oh, wait. It enters the battlefield with a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each instant and sorcery card exile with it. So if you have the, the dream of five instant and sorceries and you cast it for blue blue, it enters the battlefield as an 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, and then again, when an instant or sorcery card leaves your graveyard, put a one-one counter on Merktide Regent. That's kind of uh, gravy. That's potentially interesting if you are getting other cards out of your graveyard for some reason in the future. But yeah, I think what this card seems powerful. It's something that can be countered. It's something that can be you know removed with non-fatal push, non-lightning bolt style things, right? I mean, sometimes it will just die to bolt. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to cast, I don't think people are going to be really casting it as a 3-3 that often. It can be, I mean, like it can just be simply counterspelled, right? But it can also be a 3-mana 7-7 fairly easily. You know what I mean? I think that that's pretty reasonable. My my question is for you, Stan, though, in a world of Shark Typhoon, Mm. Mm -hmm. is this that much better? Like, don't blue decks just want to have uncounterable flash sharks? Rather than something like this, where you have to, it's conditional, you have to work for it. Yeah, I do think that this is going to be uh, at least a two mana three three, if not a four four, and maybe a five five really often. And for two mana, you're not getting a shark. So I think this actually requires a little bit less of you. Sure, like you gain you gain the mana efficiency. Yeah, yeah, to, to get a threat. Let's be real, Shane. I want to believe. Like, this is the type of card that... You got to do what? I, I said I want to believe. <laughs> got to do what? I got to believe. Stan, is that before your time, Parappa the Rapper? Uh, I didn't play. I, ha- I was an, an N64 oh. kid, so I didn't oh really gosh. play the, the PlayStation hip-hop games. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the car, Stan. So, I, do we agree casting this for Blue Blue is going to be really easy as early as turn two? Um... Like, even Death Shadow can just slot this instead of Gurmagi. And then they have, like, um, a flyer on turn two. Anytime you know, get, I, like, a land, a Thought Scour, a Bobble, no, a Street Wraith. Uh, pe- people don't play Tombstalker right now in Shadow decks. And Tombstalker is is on color for Shadow. I think that this card, the reason this card will work is because it's in blue and it's a Dell flyer. And I think it's going to fit better into that color strategy than the 
basically splash, the basic splash that Grixis Dash had of having the blue in the fray previously. So I think the fact that this is a double blue card says the kind of decks that's, that are going to run it. And I think they're going to have more instants, more sorceries. They're going to be able to leave up counter magic, like you said. That's kind of an advantage of this, is where a big shark is always going to cost that mana. But a big Murktide regent might leave you multiple counter spells up to protect mm-hmm. it or mm-hmm. something like that. So I think that's cool. I think a big question for this card is what's the best way to make a Chonky? And are you just counting on Thought Scours or are you maybe playing a bunch of cantrips? I think but, you just play the game. Like, I think you just play magic with, with this card in your deck and it becomes what you want it to be. I don't think you really need to work to make this card a thing. You think we can play this without Thought Scour? I mean, I think Thought Scour makes it better. Like, if you want to power one out, sure. If you want to have a finisher in your deck that could run a card like this, I think you're also fine. If you want to play it, like, as a two of, uh, as like a control deck finisher, then you're going to have a bunch of counter spells. You're going to have a bunch of path to exiles. You're going to have a bunch of stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you have a few counter spells in your hand and you cast a chalky Murktide region and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Is it okay that this is sometimes going to be a three, three or four, four? Like, I don't it, think it will. It, if it's a two mana, three, three flying that maybe gets bigger. If you have Snapcasters in your deck, for example. So what did you delve away? Like five lands? And and maybe a street wraith and a bobble, sure. Like, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. I don't think it's a tomb stalker. I think it's I don't think it's a tomb stalker for death shadow. I think it's a flying dragon for different different style of decks. But I think that it, I think what we really agree on is that it has legs and it'll see some kind of play in some kind of decks. And we'll just have to be excited what they will end up being. I I actually I don't I don't know if I agree that it will see play. I agree that it's very very interesting, but I think this card is sneaky hard to evaluate and. Sometimes it's going to be a top deck when your opponent has played a Kaya's Guile against you in game one, and then it just sits in your hand. Yeah, I mean, I think it has legs. I think it'll do something. It's not my style of card, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think I, we got to move on. I hope you're right. Okay. And I agree. We do We do have to move on. Yeah, let's, let's skip. Parcel Mirror, Raving, Visionary, Recalibrate, Specimen, Collector, Steelfin Whale, uh, Cool Whale. Thought Monitor. This is a card I originally was just going to be like, uh, not really something, but I'm I'm starting to come around on this card. I think mm-hmm. I kind of overlooked it early on. All right. Thought Monitor is six and a blue forward artifact creature construct at rare. It's a 2-2 flyer with affinity for artifacts. Oh, I was going to say, that seems really expensive for six and a blue. Right, but if you have six artifacts around, it's just a single blue mana for a 2-2 flyer, and it has a sexual line of text. When it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards. Yeah, so it's like a thought cast, but a little ornithopter thing. It's a construct. Construct this, two cards. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just like, what? This is going to be an efficient way to draw two cards to get a 2-2 flyer, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if this is a one mana two two flying draw two, amazing. I mean, that's that's best case scenario though, right? That's my issue. Here's my question: When is this not worth it? Is it worth? I think it's still worth it at two. I actually think it's okay at three because of the drawing two. Yeah. But like at four mana, doesn't it start to hurt? Yeah, I mean, but if 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 that's it's here's the thing. I think is like you put this card in your deck to be synergistic. Like Emery sucks if you don't have artifacts too, right? Mm-hmm. But this card is kind of like it's part of your overall game plan. If you don't have other artifacts on the board, you're losing the game anyway. 
So mm-hmm. it sort of just works because the rest of your deck is working. I know it's kind of like not the best way to look at a card, uh, but I think that this is one of those times where I'm tempted even not to look at the raw floor because the raw floor is going to be one of those things where you're already losing and it won't, it won't catch you back up, but probably three quarters of the rest of your deck wouldn't either because it's a synergy deck. And a lot of your cards are very bad on raw power. So this is kind of another one of those things where, yeah, it's not great by itself, but you know, that's what your deck is designed to do. Be good as a collective. You know, unlike the ability to turbo out the Merktide Regent, part of me worries that keeping six artifacts around is actually harder. And unless you have, I mean, this isn't going to go on hardened scales, but unless you have like that type of deck where you're just dumping a bunch of zero and one mana artifacts that manage to stick around. Sure. Affinity, baby. Was Affinity able to cast this consistently? Oh yeah, like, you, even you with some, Mox you, Opal. Oh yeah, you could you could do something like this in Affinity, I think, rather easily. Um, that's the thing, though, is like I think a lot of times Thoughtcast become became uh, one of those cards you didn't even main deck that often because it was just like, well, what am I really doing here? Is it that valuable? So, yeah, Thought Monitor. I think we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, I'm it's better than I originally thought. I think I'm willing to believe. Stan. Shane, you want to move on to Tide Shaper? You talked about this last week, so yeah, no, no matter. I don't need to talk about this again. I forgot. This is one of those things you were just like, we need to talk about this emergency yeah. breaking. I was like, boop, 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 boop. Tide Shaper. All right, break the ice. Okay, so black, black, black sorcery. Yeah. Uh, dis- destroy target land that is snow, or could produce colorless, and has overload for black, black, uh, and then destroys each instead of target so that's kind of brutal yeah, I mean, this it, is a this is a heavy black based card right like having black black mana is not the easiest thing in the universe uh but it's truly brutal it, you know i think if david was here he would say this is a sinkhole effect which is a black black destroyed target land this is narrow right like how often is Snowlands or colorless lands uh, actually relevant in kind of like your average modern game. I mean, it's a sideboard card. It's just oh, another no. in the Hey Screwtron series, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do wonder <laughs> whether, whether Tron can really stick around in this world based on some of the stuff we're seeing in this set and, and just in general. But I feel like the hardest thing, though, is like, Black Black is a very particular style of deck. Uh, there's not a lot of decks, I think, right now that are designed to cast a spell like this, at least early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. I think there's just another piece of utility that's just like, yeah, it sucks to be Tron sometimes. Yeah, maybe if Esper Control sticks around, which I kind of think it will, this could be some sideboard technology against Tron. Though I'm of the opinion that I don't know how much longer we're going to need to be dedicating anti-Tron cards as much as just cards that are also good against Tron, like generic counterspells. I hate to see it. I hate to see the, there's, there's so much Tron hate in this set, so much Eldrazi Tron hate, Colorless Land hate. Uh, but, you know, Tron people are going to keep doing what they're doing, including me sometimes, so. I, I hope so. I, I mean, I bought the, that deck during quarantine, and I never got to play it in paper. <laughs> you can always have fun with Tron. All right, next card. I actually think as we're talking about alphabetical next card, Cabal Initiate. Okay. One in a black human warlock. It's a 2-1, and it reads, discard a card. Cabal Initiate gains lifelink until end of turn. It also has threshold, 
It gets plus one, plus two, as long as seven or more cards are in your graveyard. It just, Shane, this card says discard a card. That's a, a good point. It's a free discard enabler. Yeah, that's a good point. And you can do that the turn it comes down. What other free discard enablers do we have for two? Lotless Troll is like what, Gol- Golgari, right? I mean, I think technically Underworld Cookbook, but... No, that, you have to tap that, so you can't use it over and over again. That makes sense. You'll be right. There might there might be something there. It's it's easy to cast. It's single single colorless and a black. So go for it. Single generic and a and a black. This to me is like a useless or broken card. Potentially the two vibes. Do you want to talk about broken card? Yeah, let's do it. Dothy Voidwalker, another black black creature. Dothy Rogue, rare. It has it's a three two. It has shadow, which can only block or be blocked by creatures with shadow. There's not a lot of those that see any play. Uh, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, anywhere, exile it with a void counter on it. You can tap and sacrifice Douthy Voidwalker. You can choose an exile card an opponent owns with a void counter on it. You can then play it this turn without paying its mana cost. Without paying its mana cost, yeah. We. So what's cool about this design is, is that, that it's broken. <laughs> this card is so good. But I love that let's say someone, you know, bolster stomps the first Dothy Voidwalker. It dies really easily. And maybe that's a good thing. But because of how these void counters work, I think this is an example where the next Dothy you cast can play whatever the first Dothy helped exile. They're not even legendary. <laughs> so you can just have two. You can just have two out there. Let's play two. Why not? I think this card's incredible. Maybe, like, possibly the best black card in the set. I think it might be the best card in the set. Full stop. I think. I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but you might be proven correct eventually. I mean, the, the floor, it's in the, the floor alone, two mana value, three, two unblockable. That also acts as a ley line bear. <laughs> it also has the random upside of just winning the game. If you happen to exile something incredible through something like discard, through something like your favorite card, Thought Scour, yeah, whatever. So note this is also another great combo with Luris. I, I, I'm I'm absolutely looking for as many reasons as possible to cast Thought Scour on my opponents to Shane's chagrin, and now you can't even fault me for doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this now. I wasn't here last week. Luris cannot survive Modern Horizons two, in my opinion. There's no way Luris can survive the coming months of this meta game, unless other things are so much worse than it, that, that it sort of sneaks through for a while. There's just so much at two or less. That's a permanent. That's just going to be bonkers. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't I mean, wait. this card, this card's super good. I think this card's amazing. Uh, it, I hate, I just hate, it does so many things. It, it's also versatile. Like, I don't think this is a type of card that just needs to go in a specialized deck. You can just play this in any black mid range oh, yeah. plan. It's just value. Like, like think about this, like in a, you know, maybe some sort of mid-rangey deck that right. has discard. Yeah. Uh, like, and, that's, and it can cast this reliably on turn two. With the mana we have these days, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you're good to go. Like, and, you just, you incidentally get value off it, and you get, incidentally get the chance to just steal a game with something insane. It doesn't even need to have, like, yes, you're probably playing this in the same deck as Thought Seizes, but you can also cast the cards you kill with a Fatal Push. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> right it's just like a cruise value any way you play mid-range it's bonkers it's bonkers good I, I i i know that people have been extremely high on this card i don't know if they're high enough uh, i think it's super good all right let's keep going echoing return nah 
Let's just see what we're going to skip. We're going to skip probably Echoing Return, Guild Whoa, Blade, Prowler. Hold on. What? I think Echoing Return might be sneaky good. Okay, tell me why. I'm all ears. It's a single black sorcery return target creature and all other cards with the same name as that card from your graveyard to your hand. First of all, this is this is a one mana spell that is possibly going to generate significant card advantage. And I think this is another example where you might be able to enable some kind of crazy loop where you're discarding stuff, drawing it all back, and generating value with your graveyard that way without that much of an opportunity cost. Yeah. I think this is a card that probably goes into a specialized deck. Uh, Agreed. Gonna, oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. This is not Dothy. This is, this is, yeah, it's not Dothy. It's not uh, not even Village Rights. Do you know what I mean? Like Village Rights saw less play than I thought sort of generally. Right. And a card like this won't see general play either. But I think you're right where there's there's some there's some utility here. Yeah, I think it might be a combo card in some kind of weird black recursive strategy. Okay. Thank you for cool. letting yeah. me pontificate. Guilt Blade Prowler, nah. Hellmongrel, no. Loathsome Curator, no. Magus of the Bridge, uh, useless or broken. Uh, triple Black basically has Bridge from Below text where if a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, create a 2-2 Black Zombie token. And then when a creature is put into your opponent's graveyard... From the battlefield, exile, Magus of the Bridge. It's a 4-4. Pretty good body. Mm. I mean, it's also black, black, black. That's pretty tough to cast. Uh, I don't know. Bridge worked because it didn't cost anything to make it work. Yeah. Also, if this is on your board, it gets exiled. Unlike Bridge, which was only getting exiled if it was in your graveyard. Yeah, I think I think it's not a great card. I think it's just it's a cool Magus effect, but I don't think it's going to do anything. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I think it's worth keeping an eye on because it's templated like a card that was routinely broken and then had to get banned. And I think they designed this to kind of fill some kind of role, right? I don't think they're just making this to to juke people who loved old bridge vine strategies, for example. And even though you're probably right that it doesn't get there, like it dodges Bolt. I think that's not insignificant. And maybe this is something way to enable like a big combo turn to make a bunch of two two black zombies that help you win the game on the spot or the next turn yeah we've given this card more time than it deserves tell us the next things we're skipping stan okay necrogoif we're skipping necrogoif we are skipping nested shambler we're skipping radiant epicure we're not talking about that spooky starfish we're also not talking about tizarus charger I don't think we're talking about Tragic Fall. I don't remember if we've ever even talked about Tragic Slip. I don't think so. I think Vermin Gorger is a pass. <laughs> I think we're passing on Vile and Tumber. Yeah, no. Uh, so that's black. We're done with black. We did it. Into red. Yeah, we're talking about red now. Arcbound Slasher. No. If we if this card sees play, we riot. Is that a joke? Is a riot on the card? Is that the joke? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I it's like a good it. joke. That's, good. that's a good joke. Arcbound Tracker. If this card sees play, we modular too. Agreed. All right. Here's a card I think we can actually talk about. It's Bloodbraid Marauder. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. One in a red, Human Berserker, 3-1, and it cannot block, but it has Delirium. That sounds bad, Stan. I don't think this card is meant to block. I think this card is meant to do other stuff, uh, especially when its Delirium is online. This card has Cascade as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. 
So it's a two mana cascade, meaning it can only cascade into one or zero mana spells. I think it's interesting. Yeah, there's something here. Um, I do want to say Delirium is harder than you think to get. It's not as automatic as you think it is, especially early. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great on cards like Traverse, because Traverse, the Ulvenwald, does something early and does something late when Delirium is live. Uh, I've played Grim Flare many years ago. It's not really online that often. This is like this card needs to go in a particular style of deck. I think it will do something, but I don't think it's it's not as automatic as you may think it is. It doesn't just go into a deck and work. Agreed. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to work for it. I think it feels awkward in Shadow. Um, because, like, let's say you can get Delirium online early with a Bobble and a Street Wraith and a Land and any other thing. And then you cascade into a Shadow too early. <laughs> it just dies on the spot. So I think maybe this is a way to get free spells for free. Yeah, it's, I think there's, there's definitely, definitely some potential. Stan, our our pace, our pace is not good yet. We gotta we we gotta move faster. I think I'm worried about this. I think we just love chatting. All right, let's skip Captain Ripley Vance, please. I don't think there's much to say about Faithless Salvaging. Either they tested this to make Phoenix work, or it's is a charm, which doesn't really see play. We can talk about Fury. It's the red elemental from. Yeah, the I think f- we have to just because it's the elemental incarnation thing. It's the elemental incarnation thing. It's three red red. For a 3-3 double strike, when it ETBs, it deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures or planeswalkers. Yeah, no no flash on this one. So it's purely on your turn. Yeah. 3-3 double striker that can only tag creatures and, and walkers. I think this could be okay in certain decks. The fact that it probably is pretty powerful with Obosh, I think, is noteworthy. It swings for 12 with an Obosh in play. What do you think, Shane? I don't know. There might be something there. I think it's the weakest. I'm surprised I didn't give this flash. Maybe he was too good at that point. I think Fury's not great. Uh, it's it's. I think it's a bad red mythic, but we will see. You know, we skipped over Flame Blitz. It's not even our notes, but I think that's an interesting one we can touch on. The single red enchantment at the beginning of your end step, it deals five damage to each Planeswalker. And we didn't talk about that last week? I don't think so. I think it got spoiled late. No. Okay. Yeah, this is a great card. This card is, uh, I think, being overlooked. It's a like you said, single red mana enchantment. Uh, this will be a powerful piece of Planeswalker hate because it, it also has cycling too. It doesn't even hurt to have multiple. The fact that it has cycling too makes me wonder if you can just play one main. And uh, then, no, you cannot. I mean, it depends on the deck, of course. But I mean, cycling two still still costs a card. But you get you get a card back. <laughs> All right, um, Gargadon. I think we're, that's a pass. Goblin Trap Runner. It's a coin flip card. I've never seen a coin flip card that I thought was worth talking about. Gouged Zealot. That's a pass. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscorch. Kaleidoscorch. Thank you. Cool design, but I don't think it's all that interesting for us. Lightning Spear. That's a pass. Mine Collapse. No, I don't think so, Tim. It's kind of free. Three in a red instant. If it's your turn, you may sack a mountain rather than play the spell's mana cost. It deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker. Now you just play something else. You just play an enchantment. You'd, you know, there's no reason for you to only hit a creature or planeswalker for five, for the for the cost of a mountain and this card. I okay. think. Yeah, you're probably right. Mount Velus Manticore. That's a pass. No. Revolutionist. No. <laughs> Strike it rich. Yeah, did you talk about this already? I didn't hear you talk about it last week, did you? Listen, if we did, 
We liked it then, and I think we like it now. Single red sorcery, create a treasure token, and it has flashback, tuna red. Listen, maybe one day Manamorphos gets banned and we can play this in prowess or storm. I mean, this is a unique effect for a cheap cost. You know, it, it triggers magecraft as well as prowess. So, you know. I think it's also them exploring how they can template free mana in a slightly safer way, potentially. Yeah. All right. A bunch of a bunch of stuff we're skipping. I almost don't even want to talk about them, but Tavern Scoundrel, Unholy Heat, Viachino Lash Claw, Bannerhide Crushock, Blessed Respite. Oh, we're in green now. Yeah. Blessed Respite. Chitter Spitter, uh, Crack Open, Deepwood Denizen, Dusk Shell Crawler, Flourishing Strike, Foundation Breaker, maybe Sideboard, probably a pass. Funnel Web Recluse, Glimmer, Bairn. Stan, I know you have something <laughs> you like about this. <laughs> I wrote so much about Glimmer Baron. It's like, I don't, I, I, I think this card loses a lot of its appeal if you can't see the beautiful art. It's my favorite art in the set and maybe will inspire my first foray into cosplay. <laughs> I would look really good in that outfit. <laughs> this is probably a nothing burger. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just a popper card, but um, I'm going to read it really quick. Single green for a one, two, sacrifice a token. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Maybe it's a payoff in some kind of weird critical mass token deck. You know, last week we talked about that card that makes three tokens. And then we talked about that other card that doubles the amount of tokens you make or triples even. We've got a bunch of squirrels going on here. We got stuff that makes like pests and saplings. Um, Eldrazi Scion. Like it's efficient. It's probably just like a popper, a tog replacement. <laughs> popper stable glimmer baron, weird bee thing. <laughs> what is that? Is it a butterfly? I think it's an oof wearing a Halloween costume. Cool. I want to believe, and um, you gotta do what? I gotta believe. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Julied yeah. Cobra. Nope. Smell fear. I, that card smells. Rens run Hydra. Hydra's. That scale with mana don't see modern play now. I don't see why this one would. Arcus Acolyte, that's a pass. Breathless yeah. Knight, that looks like a pass. There's a ton of text no, we're, on this card. Are we on? So we're into multi? Yeah, we're in the gold cards now, dog. Okay, good. So we're we're almost we're almost caught up. Yeah, we're doing okay. Don't panic, Shane, baby. Captured by Legax. <laughs> no. It's fun. Chrome Courier, that's a skip. We're skipping combined chrysalis Com- combine chrysalis cool card cool cool card dacon shadow split slayer we talked about this last week right i feel like maybe we didn't get through the gold cards actually no i think i think this is where you you ended up yeah dacon Sla- shadow slayer uh this is a walker for white blue black so if you can produce esper mana this is a three mana walker it has a static ability where Dacon Shadow Slayer enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. So minimum, it's a three loyalty walker. Scales upward throughout the game. Plus one, surveil two. Minus three, exile target creature. Minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. I believe believe Aaron Forsyth said they tested that final ability to allow players to fetch and found that that was too powerful. So they scaled it back. And I thought this card was interesting before I heard the fact that they needed to scale it back. This does a lot, right? It fills your yard. It can maybe put something into your graveyard for you to cheat out. Um, That artifact, it doesn't need to be like an equipment or something. So 
you want to think about Stoneblade, but you don't have to, right? You can think about like, what is it? Blightsteel Colossus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know why you think we talked about this, Sam? Because we did on the very first early spoilers episode. Oh, that's probably yeah. it. I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is very good, but at least it's not busted for a three-mana walker. I think it, this might see play in particular builds. I think it's cool that walkers are like this. I think the walkers in the set are cool because they are not just raw amazement. Like I think they have to be part of a, of a strategy. And so I think this is another one of those cards, and I'm, I'm happy to see it. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. Um, Dihada's Ploy, no. Dre Keeper, no, but great art. Uh, Ether Sworn Sphinx, I think this is a very safe but very fun. Um, I don't know. It's a seven white blue affinity for artifacts with flying cascade. So if it does something, it's going to do a cool something probably. But the problem is that all the artifacts you put on your deck to make this thing work are going to mess up your cascade. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it's just cascades into anything and everything. That'd be very bad. Imagine cascading to a, a bobble. No, I don't want to. That sounds very bad. Foundry Helix, probably not. Uh, probably not. It's just too expensive for doing. Garth One Eye, cool, c- coolest card. Cool card. Uh, I think we talked about this in the early spoiler episode. It's that Wooberg one where you like you can do one of six things, including make a Black Lotus token. I don't think we talked about this one yet. Oh, we oh we definitely did. You basically can you can tap Garth One Eye, who costs Wooberg for a five five. You can tap it to make. Anything that hasn't already been chosen from uh, stuff from Alpha. Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. And you can make a copy of that card with a chosen name. You can cast the cop the copy. You still pay its costs. I didn't realize that. It's, that's much worse than I anticipated. But I guess getting a free Shivan Dragon's a little busted. Mm-hmm. But note that Black Lotus does cost zero? One? It does. It's, it's a zero. Fair. Fair and balanced magic card. Not going to happen, but thank you for making this card, Watsy. Until until there's a way to cheat out Wooberg mana, yeah, this is a commander card, and maybe the sweetest commander card I've ever seen. I'm going to read this third. Uh, no, this is the second walker. We didn't cover any of the walkers yet. I'm impressed. Uh, Gaeadrone Dahada, one Grixis, mm-hmm. legendary planeswalker Dada. She's a four uh, loyalty protection from permanence with corruption counters on them. What's a corruption counter? I think well, it's that uh, thing from Horizon Zero Dawn. That, you know, some of the robots have corruption. Oh, I didn't know that. I've only briefly played that game. If you plus one, each opponent loses two life. You gain two life. Cool. Oh, <laughs> oh you also put a corruption counter on, on up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Minus three, you gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn. You untap it and put a corruption counter on it. It gains haste until end of turn. Minus seven, you gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. Shane. No, this, this card's pretty cool. I think this card's incredible. You're insane, but go on. <laughs> well, first of all, I like that she protects herself with a plus ability. She does not truly protect herself. But she does because How? she has protection from permanence with corruption counters on them. And let's say your opponent only has one perma- one okay. creature. That's that's like protection. Fo- right, right. But it, it will line up in that way where... You're playing Grixis, so you're controlling the board. You let one thing survive. You play her, tick it up, and they can't attack her. I think four mana walkers should be... I think you should plan on a four mana walker protecting itself in in some way. So I think that's fine. Go on. Cool. I think the minus three both allows you to somehow pressure your opponent while also protecting her because you get to put a corruption counter on it. And then the minus seven, it's like, sure, you win the game because you vaulted a walker. So I do think that this is a... 
cool card if Grixis control is good. And I think that's something that Spike said. I think I, I have hidden his column because he's not on this episode. If Grixis control is decent, this card will see play. It will allow you to slowly take over a game. That's dope. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Well, I mean, I think there's a, there's a few things you can do with it and it'll be very good at doing those things. If you have some kind of protection, some kind of counter spell, some kind of removal, I think you're going to be good to go. And this card will fit into that. I also heard on a different podcast, I forget which one it was, but they were repeating. Oh, it was uh, the other new modern podcast called Mishra's Babble. Oh, I've heard of that show. Yeah. Uh, some some not not quite friends of the show, but people that we've interacted with. Um, hey, hey, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. We might have some friends of the show on Mishra's Babble. Oh, uh, really? I'll just leave it at that. Winky, winky. So life gain in Grixis is good. That's not, that's not a thing you commonly get. So this is life gain in Grixis. So I think it's good. I think that this card will see some kind of play, but only if the deck that it's going to go in is going to be okay. I don't think it's going to make a deck good by itself. Yeah, I agree. And then you're just going to cider out a ton when you don't have like an opponent who plays creatures or walkers. Cool. Goblin Anarchomancer. <laughs> this Anarchomancer. This card is wild. Red, green for a 2-2. Each spell you cast that's red or green costs one less to cast. One generic less to cast. Correct. Thank you. So yeah, each spell. This is this is this is not instant or sorcery. Each spell you cast that's red or green. If it has generic mana and the casting cost, one less. So last week with Spike, we were talking about what's gonna be the red green storm enabler, and I think this is it. Here it is, baby. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, green does everything now. So it's not like you need blue. It does everything. I, I like that it makes all of your spells cheaper, not just your rituals, but even your storm payoffs. Your Let's say your storm payoff is a creature. Maybe you're playing other creatures. I think there's something going on here. Yeah, this, this will be a deck that people will play. People will test this deck. You will go up against this deck, whether or not whether or not it's in a league or the practice rooms or something like that, or in your your LGS. You're going to see this card on the battlefield, and something broken will happen to you at least once. And then, depending on how good it is at doing that over and over and over again, uh, depends remains to be seen. So I wonder if this card is so flexible that you can even toss it into like a red green X zoo deck. Or even Ponza. The rate's not there is the thing. Ponza maybe because then you get kind of the ongoing mana advantage that you accrue. Mm-hmm. But like this is not like a Burning Tree Emissary, like Bushwhacker Zoo. This is not like a Tribal Flames type thing, I don't think. Simply because it, it, you need to move a little bit faster than this card enables you to do. Mm. But I think you're onto something where it's like how much value is this generating me over the course of a game in like a Ponza style deck. Yeah. Yeah, it survives Lava Dart. That's important these days. I hear that's a popular card. Card's good. Okay, let's move on. Please. Graceful Restoration. Gotta pass. Grist the Hunger Tide. Yes. Yes. So sick. Y-E-S. <laughs> I love this card. It's my it's my new friend Grist. Uh, a bunch of insects in a in a trench coat. So Grist is Grist is a legendary planeswalker for one black green if you're playing at home that's golgari uh as long as gris the hunger tide isn't on the battlefield is not on the battlefield it's a one one insect creature in addition to its other types so everyone else knows until it shows up that's secretly just an insect you can plus one 
It comes down with three loyalty. You can plus one, create a one, one black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. So all you insect tribal fans out there gonna do well with Grist. Minus two, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Minus five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Okay, so this is an important card for a number of reasons. One, it's a three mana walker that protects itself, truly protects itself. There's like, I think the list of three mana walkers that does that is like two. It's Nissa, uh, three mana Nissa that makes a 01 plant token. This is a legitimate, I mean, one one, it's a little bit better than the 01. So there's that. I forget the other one. It might be like one of the random Ashioks or something like that. So that's important. Step number one is at least a three mana walker that protects itself and then has some ongoing value. The is it on the battlefield thing is wild. Okay. You can cord for it. You can Eldritch Evolution into it. You can Coco into this. Hmm. You can you can basically any way you have of getting a creature out of your deck or out of your graveyard, you can do that. So this gives you Planeswalker value with creature, like with the ability to fetch it up like a creature. That's really great. Uh, so that is awesome for a number of decks. The one that people I think are most excited about are like Yawgmoth folks, mm-hmm. because you can tutor this really easily out of your deck. And it gives you things that you didn't have really good access to before, like Planeswalker interaction or creature interaction. And sacrificing creatures is often valuable in your deck because there's so many things with undying. So you're able to get that undying creature back while killing another creature, or more importantly, probably killing another Planeswalker. And then Grist still stays on the battlefield to give you insect tokens for you to sacrifice to Yawgmoth. Like having a having having tokens on the battlefield is really valuable for a deck that wants to sacrifice things in some way or make like one ones in some way. So it's just one of those things where you're going to get a lot of value out of this in the decks that need it. And that's what's dope is because you can it's not the thing that's just like I'm a raw value. It's the type of thing that in the deck that's going to use it well, it's going to be dope. And that's that's my long and short of Grist, I think. I'm This is one of the cards I'm most excited to play with. I'm uh, amped to hear the Yogg people's uh, experiences playing this card. So far, it seems quite good, and I'm, I'm hyped. Cosign. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Lazatep Chancellor. Nah. Lonus Cryptozoologist. Probably no. It's a very sneaky snick. Uh... I don't think it's going to see modern play. Master of Death. This card, it's easy to overlook. It might do something broken. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to read it. One blue black zombie wizard. When it enters the battlefield, you surveil two. That means you turn, you can look at the top two cards of your uh, library, put them in your graveyard if you want. At the beginning of your upkeep, if it's in your graveyard, you may pay one life if you do return it to your hand. There's some loops to be had uh, there. It doesn't dredge, that's for sure. But I think that people are in, in, I think in other extended formats, they're, they're liking Master of Death. So we'll see what it does. All right. This next card is a weird one, and it's called Moderation. Yeah. One, white, blue, for an enchantment, you cannot cast more than one spell each turn. And that's just you. This is not symmetrical. But whenever you cast a spell, draw a card. This is like either incredible mm. <laughs> or borderline unplayable i don't think it's useless or broken i think it's just either like a great value engine or like a trap yeah i I think it's a little bit too expensive to be a value engine but 
I'm also, I wouldn't be surprised to see this do something interesting. I'm pretty sure it already appeared in a blue-white control deck uh, in one of the modern challenges over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, put it in a fires deck somewhere. I don't think is, I don't even know where fires is legal. I don't think modern. Is fires banned in modern? Uh, it is not. What? It's, it doesn't see play? Why not? Do something cool. I'm trying it's legal to f- and modern. I'm trying to play fires. Out. Play play Jeskai fires with moderation. I'm like convinced I saw it somewhere, but it's a little hard to figure out exactly where I saw that. But I'm yeah. 90% positive I already saw it appear in some deck. Yeah, I'm sure it's doing something. You know, if you're playing draw go control, like this is something. You know that, me. I love playing draw go control. It is your favorite deck. This is something you can tap out for and protect with a force of negation. Not that you even necessarily need to protect it because no one's playing enchantment removable except as per charm players. And then you can just like make shark tokens or cast a walker and draw tons of cards. Like maybe yeah. this can make Approach of the Second Sun playable or just win with Teferis and and Colonnades. Maybe maybe control blue eye control decks don't need to cast more than one spell per turn. And the only place I can see that being real painful is in maybe control mirrors where you have to get into counter wars. Yeah, I just feel like I want other ways to cast spells. Like I want I want fires or something like that, right? Or I want a lot of stuff I can do on my opponent's turn because then it lets me sort of double cast, double spell this a lot because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing that also on my opponent's turn. We'll see. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about Piru the Volatile? No, because I don't like upkeep costs on my creatures. Priest of Felrites? Yeah, this card is really good. I think this card is uh, sneaky good. I think people are kind of overlooking it for now. I don't think they will for long. Uh, white and a black human warlock, two two rare. Uh, you can tap it and pay three life, and you sacrifice the priest. You return a target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay. Mm-hmm. It also has on Earth three black white to get this back onto the battlefield to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So this is just another way to get a great card target creature card not legendary not non-legendary any creature card out of your graveyard onto the battlefield this will be part of reanimator strategies uh it's too good not to it's too cheap not to uh you can do it as early as turn three and unearthing it to do it again it just the card does what you want it to do which is you you sacrifice it and then you can unearth it later when you have the opportunity to do so you probably are having other kind of unearthed cards already like if you have, uh, what's the the cardboard that people have been talking about, Stan? The black one that's not Persist. legendary. Yeah, you could play it in a Persist deck to uh, cheat on the Unearth cost and then do it again. So it's just like there's all kind of ways that this fits into the kind of decks that want to play this card. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I like that you can literally cast Unearth on this to yeah. get it back. Claim to fame. Yeah, this is a super grindy card. Like just Grind City, even if it's not a cheaty deck. It's just a grindy card. And modern is the type of place where grinding sometimes can be good. I don't think it's going to be your sole enabler in whatever the reanimator deck looks like. But whether it's copies, you know, the extra eight copies of Persist or something else, I I think this is going to help your deck remain redundant if there is a black-white based, you know, unburial rights style strategy. For sure. Moving on, Prophetic Titan. No, should have been in Cal time. Rakdos headliner. Okay. This this isn't terrible. Yeah. Is it? Is but it's also probably not good. I mean, red, let's, let's let's read. Let's read it. Let's read it and let the let the listeners decide with us. Red, black, three, three, haste. It's a devil. And it has echo. 
Discard a card at the beginning of your upkeep if this came under your combat. Since the beginning of your last upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay its echo cost. Two mana, three, three haste. That seems like an okay aggro creature, but it also expects you to, to discard a card. We see some madness stuff in this set. We have old madness cards as well. Maybe this can make an aggro madness deck have a little bit of oil in its gears. Yeah, I feel like it's more like a limited card. Yeah. Then a constructed card, but one of those things where it's like, it does do what you want. I wish I discarded on the turn it came in, because then it could be really crazy. You could be like, here's my 3-3 haste for two. That's also getting me like a cheap madness enabler, but you have to wait till your next upkeep to do that, to get the discard. So I don't know. We'll see. Ravenous squirrel. Yeah, big squirrel potential here. I don't think so. Uh, Road to ruin? I'm not feeling it. Stan, I'm so, I have to say, I'm kind of upset. What's wrong, these, Shane? The split, the split cards in this are so safely costed, and they have such good names. <laughs> like, there's so many good names that they wasted on these super safe split cards. Yeah, so, I mean, road is, the roadside is an instant. It's a three-mana instant speed ramp card. Yeah. It puts the land right on the battlefield. I think that's kind of cool. Tapped. Yeah, but you're playing this on your opponent's turn anyway. Sure. And then, hold on, let me turn my head to read the Ruin uh, side. Aftermath, one red, red, deals damage equal to the to target creature. Yeah, equal God. Relent- no, it's terrible. That stinks. That That's stinks. terrible. We've already are so safe. We've talked about it for too long. Way too long. Storm God's Oracle. That's a pass. No. Sithis Harvest's Hand. If you think Enchantress will be a thing, this is going to be in it. Yeah, I think... I think. It's a believe minus. The one, so it's the one two. It's the one two. When you cast an enchantment, you gain a life and draw a card for Selesnya mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll love it. Enchantment people, they're gonna love it. Terminal agony, wave sifter, pass pass. Academy manufacturer. We're into artifacts. Academy manufacturer. Okay, I originally another one of those cards where I was like, this seems pretty marginal. Yeah. The more I think about this, and honestly, the more I it's we're late in the spoiler season. We're past spoiler season. <laughs> Yeah, we're really digging the bottom of the barrel, trying to make anything work at this point. I'm reading articles. People are like, look, this does something. And so it's a it's a three three mana, one three. If you would create a clue, a clue, a food, or a treasure token, instead create one of each. Mm-hmm. And so this is not in itself powerful, but it's powerful if you have a way to abuse these tokens. So right? last week, I was trying to convince last week's co-hosts that Fey offering was worth a look. And it might and, be. And that's the three-man enchantment where you can make a clue, a food, and a treasure. Yeah. Maybe these two cards are just supposed to be a combo and limited, but imagine having them together. That's so many tokens. And then you got your your little butterfly oof out. Yeah. You're just winning. I and mean, look, and food, food doesn't suck. I mean, there's 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 broken ways or semi broken ways to use food. There's fair ways to dude, use food. It does gain you life, dude. Treasures don't suck. I oh, mean, treasures really good. It, it's so much mana, and yeah, I I think this is the type of card. Maybe it's useless or broken. Like you you have to put it in a very dedicated deck that's going to maximize how many tokens you can generate. And I think it's supposed to, if it sees play, like you need to generate a ton of tokens either the turn it comes down or the following. Right. This can't really stick around. I think yeah. it, it wants to do something explosive quickly. It is three mana, and it dies to Bolt. A yeah. three mana artifact is a little bit of a, a liability, but I just think that effect can get out of hand. 
if someone if someone's devoted to academy manufacturer uh tweet us i, yeah. I want to see it work all right what are we skipping next dan i don't think we're going to talk about ultra of the goif no i don't think we're talking about batter bone that ain't batter skull i don't think we're even talking about bottle golems no dermotaxi <sighs> it's a rare <laughs> even if this is good i feel like it's conditional enough to not be good you know what i mean well, it's a two mana zero zero, so that seems suspicious. Uh, I, I, man, Stan, I just don't want to talk about this card. Like, it's one of those cards I just don't like so much that even if it's good, I'm fine being like, ah, we didn't talk about it. Unless you want to talk about this card. Oh, how about I read it? I, I just, you know what I love? That Mark Zug art. It's good. Classic magic, like invasion era art. It has imprint when it enters the battlefield. Exile a creature card from your a grave from a graveyard, any graveyard. Un yard. Then it has tap two untapped creatures you control until end of turn. Dermotaxi becomes a copy of the imprinted card, except it's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types. Mm-hmm. Maybe this also goes into the reanimator decks, or maybe you play it as hate against reanimator decks if you're in some <laughs> kind of creature strategy. I mean, who knows? I mean, it, the design is neat. Yeah. The art is neat. Uh, maybe the folks over at the Serum Visions podcast can can make a deck, and then I'll come on their show and, and talk about playing it. This is against the odds tier. All right, we talked about Diamond Lion when it was first spoiled. I it's still think, bad. I don't think we need to re- revisit it. Not impressed with Fodder Tosser, personally. No, no. We're, or, but we are on to a legitimate card. Cauldra Complete. Complete. So this gets back to like that helm and shield and armor of Cauldra or whatever. Seven mana, colorless or generic. Legendary artifact equipment, living weapon, indestructible. Equipped creature gets plus five, plus five. Has first strike, trample, indestructible, haste. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. It's a lot of the words creature in a single sentence. Love it. Cost seven to equip. Gets a living weapon. It's indestructible. Uh, This is probably pretty darn good in Stoneforge, right? Okay. If you have... Stoneforge Mystics, and you get your hands on one of these, hold on to this card. I think this is the type of card you'll never need more than one. If you have a uh, Karn the Great Creator deck and package, and you open one of these, hold on to this card. Honestly, Shane, it's seven mana. You can play this on turn three in Tron. You could You could also do that with Batterskull. No one plays Batterskull on Tron. You don't need it. But this is better than Batterskull in Tron. I don't know. Because I don't think Tron needs like the life gain off of Batter Skull. Well, the good thing about Batter Skull is the return to your hand, but this doesn't have. So what? Okay. I, I don't think this will see Tron play, even though it says seven. Yeah. I mean, even though it's that, that tasty, tasty seven. God, it's so sweet and spicy. Here's the other thing. You know, people love to focus on the on the bounce ability on Batter Skull. Batter Skull is the only equipment that has that, and it's not the only equipment we play in Stoneforge decks. And... I don't think it's why we play a powerful equipment. It's it's one of the things that makes it really good. But I think if you have a Stoneforge package, this card is going to see some play in that deck. Yeah, I think this card's going to see play. Honestly, just play it with your Batter Skull. <laughs> Sometimes you're going to need the Life Cannon Batter Skull, and maybe you need yeah. it. Maybe you're in a matchup where having that bounce ability could be relevant. Other times, this is just going to close out games faster. And yeah, I mean, this, you want this in Stoneforge decks. The end. It's a living. It's a living weapon. That is dope. Yeah. I think this is actually one of the best cards in the set. Uh, I'll, I'll be surprised, but I'm, I mean, just because I don't think Stoneforge is amazing. Uh, it just sort of maintains itself as like an adequate deck, but it might see, it might see playing other decks. Hey, and I'm an adequate player. Yeah. 
All right. Liquid metal torque. No. <sighs> liquid metal uh, coating is just better. This does tap yeah. for mana. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's funny if you read it as liquid metal toke. It's like a little hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what toke means? Yeah. It's like, I think it's like the it's like the Canadian term, I think, for like a beanie. Okay. Canadians get at me if I'm wrong. Canadians get at us. Sponsor our podcast, Trudeau. <laughs> uh, Monoskelion. No. Uh, Mirror Scrappling. Probably not. Nettle Cyst. I'm, I don't think it does anything. I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Not all living end cards are, living weapon cards are good. Ornithopter of Paradise. I love that Jimmy Buffett song. If this were one mana, it would be an instant sleeve, but it's two mana, and I feel like that alone just kind of makes it unplayable. Yeah, it's terrible. It's weird how many cards from, when they go from one to two get bad. Yeah. Ornithopter um, of Paradise. Sanctuary Raptor, that's a pass. Cool bird. Sign of Draco. Draco. This is a card. Yeah, that's a card. It's a 12 mana 4-4, four, four, and that's it. That sounds bad. Uh, actually, there is more text on it. It has Delirium, where it costs two less to cast for each basic land type among lands you control. So, okay. Uh, okay. So if you have all five basic land types, it costs two generic mana. Right. Well, if you have your Evolving Wilds, or if you turn one into a Triome and then turn two into a Shock Land that's got you know whatever lands aren't on the Triome, then you have a two mana 4-4 four, four Flyer. But it also reads, each creature you control has Vigilance if it's white, Hexproof it's, if it's blue, Lifelink if it's black, First Strike if it's red, and it's green. Oh, I see those Those are those are words as part of the pie, I see. You know, Domain is a deck that people keep talking about, but even though you can't draw this with a Niv-Mizzet Reborn, it does really good work for your Niv-Mizzet specifically. And I wonder if maybe that deck can just throw one of these in there. Because it's going to be a two drop in that deck a lot. Even if it's not a two drop, I think it's it has some chops. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised this is mythic. I mean, I, I understand why it is. Just simply because for flavor reasons, I think, and maybe limited reasons. Uh, I think the card will be okay. If the domain decks are good, it's probably a part of them. I don't know. Let's move on. Yeah. Sojourner's Companion. Mm-mm. Soul Talisman. This card annoys me. Yeah. It exists. It's just it's why. Suspend three, pay one generic. You pay one generic XL from a three time counters, blah blah blah. Basically it's a soul ring that takes three turns to uh to get going. And then you have a soul ring. You pay you you tap it for two colorless mm-hmm. mana. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does anything. Yeah, you're probably right. If Soul Ring was modern legal, it would see play. Yeah. But probably only because it's so powerful on turn one. Yeah. I don't think it's as powerful on turn three. No. There's other ways to ramp. Uh, like, if you, like, like, if you draw this, it's just like, no. Like he's, it's not like a ramp spell that you're casting for three mana. You're like, well, I'll have this going in three turns. It's like, no, that's, that's not what I want to be doing. It should have been a mox. It should have been called Soul Mox. Yeah. All right. Uh, up next, Steel Dromedary. No. It's a camel. It's bad. Sword of Hearth and Home. I think this is a commander sword much more than I think it is a constructed sword because this, like, I think it's tempting to be like, yeah, but this is what the, these colors want to be doing. But, then, but yeah, what the does it do, time, Shane? What do these colors do? Ah, fine. Okay. It gets, you get plus, it's, 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 it's like all the other swords. It costs three. 
It's an equipment artifact. You get plus two, plus two. It gets you protection from green and from white. Eh. Whenever the equipped creature deals damage, combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own, then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control and shovel. So basically it blinks a creature and ramps you a land. Okay? It costs two to equip. I don't think this does anything that you need to be doing in modern that you can't be doing more easily with other things like uh, Flicker Wisps or Stoneforge Mystics or I'm not Stoneforge Mystics or Ephemerates, uh, things like that. I don't think this sort of fits into that strategy. Maybe it does. Uh, I'd be more surprised. I think it's a commander sword and that's fine. Shane, my my poor memory is showing here, but when we did the Soul Herder deck dive, I honestly can't remember if that deck ran Stoneforge. Uh, good, good question. I don't know. I just feel like this is going to snowball in the any deck that runs it because any deck that runs it is generating a ton of blink ability anyway. I, I'm I'm getting from chat that Soul Hoarder decks do not run Stoneforge. Yeah, um, I, I just don't. I just don't. Here's the thing: I don't think it has a home now, and I don't think it's good enough that you build a deck around it. And mm-hmm. so that just to me is like a commander sword. Yeah, protection from white is not irrelevant. You know, especially if like people start playing more Solitude, which is just that elemental swords to plowshares keep an eye on it swords are are interesting most of them are whatever but i can see this one having a very specific home it's not just going to be a generic card in your stoneforge packages all right let me let me take us out of the the artifacts okay please we'll we'll pass on tormod's crypt keeper we'll pass on vectus gloves uh we'll pass on void mirror even though this is a hate card uh it's a Two mana artifact. I guess we're not passing on it. Two mana artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Look, you put all the hate you want in this world. You're not going to stop me. You're never going to stop me. I'm going to keep casting colorless spells. I think this is a new auto include in Karn boards. And Uh, whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast a counter that spell. That seems bad in Karn boards, Stan. Well, there are Karn decks that aren't Tron decks. Not to mention not to mention Mono Green Tron can easily produce green mana to cast any of its spells. I mean, here's my thing about Karn wishboards. They're already stretched pretty thin because you're unless you're Eldrazi Tron, you're not running f- like 14 colorless artifacts that you can fetch up, right? And Eldrazi Tron's not going to run it. So this, like Eldrazi Tron or maybe even regular Tron would have to be so strong mm-hmm. that you want to play this card over other options. And but, I think there are already other options that are, might be doing it better. But don't you want to live in a world where every Karn deck is just devoting all 15 sideboard slots to Karn targets? Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think, I think think the card is is marginal and there's other ways to stop decks doing this kind of stuff. Like just play Stony Silence. I guess if you're you you have to be in white for that. I don't know. I don't think it does enough. I think it's another annoying thing that gives people another option against Eldrazi and Trondex. But fair enough. Okay, next card. I've got some hot takes about this card. It's Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp. Yeah, because this card's good. It's a one mana zero zero modular. It doesn't have flying, but it looks like it should. Modular one. If a modular triggered ability would. Put one or more 1-1 counters on a creature you control. That many plus 1-1 counters are put on it. It has a red ability to destroy a target artifact you control. Okay. Or you can pay white and it gains flying until end of turn. Can I can I give you a called shot, Shane? I hope so. 
I think this card is so good, it's going to make it into a modern challenge week one of Modern Horizons 2. I mean, it was already in uh, it was already in the first place deck. Hey, nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it, buddy. Called it. Yeah, it's a good card. The fact that you can destroy artifacts you control as an on-demand way to make a ton of tokens off your hangerback walker or trigger modular one and start chaining things with your ozolith, I think is so cool. It's legendary, so maybe it's a little awkward in multiples, but maybe not because it also has modular. So if you cast the first one, you can just start moving tokens around. It's kind of like a benefits from its own legendary rule ability. Yeah, I think, I think it's a really elegant design and a great get for those hard and scale decks that had been struggling for some time now. Yeah, and being able to destroy your own artifacts is like weirdly valuable for modular decks. It's like, yeah, if I just, if I could destroy this, I get four counters. You know what I mean? Like, I really wish I could do that. Oh wait, I can without doing anything, just paying a single red. Card good, card real good, and of course it costs one. Guess what gets that? Fatal push. No, Urza, Urza Saga. <laughs> that's fine okay i think this card i think this is definitely one of the one of the cooler cards it's it's wait i have a question does this come down as a 2-2 because it has it has modular one but its ability doubles tokens <laughs> stan this is how this is how bad i'm at magic sometimes it's like i don't actually know i think okay okay it it's an e it's a, no it, it doesn't because it does not. it's because it has to be on the battlefield it can't it can't uh, yeah it, it can't comes into play with own, the tokens. yeah it comes yeah. into play yeah yeah Thank you. So yeah, it's like it's like meddling mage. Uh, probably not exactly like meddling mage. What about if you play extra copies into the legend roll? Do the second copies oh, come down with with wow. more tokens? Yeah. When does the sack thing happen? I, I think it does. I, 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 I think, think you're that's good. A yes. I think that's a yes. Yeah, you broke it. All right, <laughs> you broke it. Stan, I want to talk about a few things. Our Twitch mod Turtle Power coming in the clutch, telling us how this card works. Okay, we're in. We're into the lands. Uh, Arid Mesa. No. Why would you want to pay? You have to. Okay, let's see. All things have to do with this card. Okay, this card doesn't make any sense. You have to. You have to. It doesn't do anything by itself. You have to pay a life and tap it. Okay, weird. And then you have to sacrifice it, and you get either a mountains or a plains. Why not just play a mountains or a plains stand? You can also play evolving wilds, and you don't have to pay the life. Yeah, or prismatic vista. Oh, and that has to pay a life too. Yeah. I Fabled Passage. You can you can do a Fabled Passage, get Wooberg. Stan, Prismatic Vista, isn't that just strictly better than this? I think so. <laughs> I think so, Shane. Okay, uh, uh, thank thank you, Wazi, for reprinting the enemy fetches. We appreciate it. I don't see it. Okay, the indestructible artifact lands are interesting. That mm-hmm. And they come in all 10 colors, right? There's all 10 color combos. Is there that are. correct? That's correct. Yeah, so cool. Um, they come into play tapped. They're indestructible. They tap for... Uh, whatever color combination you want. If you like uh, enemy and ally, that's all of them. So yeah, these will be cool. I don't know if they're going to do anything right away. They do, they, you know, they're popper legal. So yeah, go for it. Have fun. We have so many more cards. <laughs> I know. That's why I was saying I was worried about how much time we had. So, okay, let's talk about, uh, there's power depot, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, that's potential modular thing. We talked about Urza saga. Urza saga is probably broken. Stan, let's go into these uh, reprint cards. Wait, okay. we, we also have Yavamaya Cradle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the green Urborg. This will do something. Oh, yeah. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but it's probably going to be today or tomorrow. <laughs> it was already in Yogg uh, in the top eight of the challenge. So why not? And so is Grist. So I should have mentioned that. Yogg Moth, 
Grist, Yavimaya. Uh, that deck has some mana issues. Some people are on it. Some people are off it for Yogg. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if more people are on it in the end. Can Tron just run one of these two? Get around Void Mirror? I mean, you can. Frequently, you are getting like your four basic forests. Mm-hmm. So there is an issue where you could run out. So who knows? I might try one if I open one. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, I like it with any deck that runs Utopia Sprawl as well. Okay. Let's talk about, I want to talk about our takes on Horizons 2. I think this is the only t- time we'll really have to to do that, to like really talk about Horizons 2 and like our, our favorite things. So let's let's talk about your favorite modern reprints uh, into the set f- that we haven't talked about already. Okay. Yeah, l- we don't need to list off all the cards we're skipping. No. Uh, Counterspell, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that a couple times. Card I love, excited to play. <laughs> yeah. In- you know what I love? I love Gorilla Shaman. Good. I'm glad you do. So Gorilla Shaman is XX, one generic, destroy target, non-creature artifact with mana value X. It's kind of expensive, but it doesn't, doesn't it just stays there. It just can stay there and destroy artifacts. It's a one mana one one. So it's really cheap to play. I think it's something that you can explore um, if you have liquid metal coating or liquid metal torque. Yeah. This, this is a card that I've played with in cubes and it's very powerful in the right scenarios. Uh, I'm excited to see what it can do. Maybe this is something that you can play alongside your Karn the Great Creators. Flame Rift, probably have to talk about this. I'm not sure it gets there even in Burn. It's one in a red sorcery. Flame Rift deals four damage to each player. So it's you and all your friends at the table. So people are talking about this as like, hey, the one of the main reasons that Burn goes into Boros at all is for Boros Charm. This is kind of a lot like Boros Charm. I'm not sure if this gets there. We'll see. There's all sorts of cards that Burn gets the option to play. This is good, I think, for a deck that maybe wants to go straight red or they just want another two mana four damage spell. Okay, uh, important. Goblin Bombardment, another really important card. One under red. Enchantment. Sacrifice a creature. Goblin Bombardment deals one damage to any target. That's it. Any No no costs, no anything. You can just sacrifice creatures all day. Deal one damage to any target. Uh, I will get into this later if we have time, but I think there will be Goblin Bombardment decks. I think it is a mostly overlooked card right now hmm. because it's reprint. I think that Bombardment is probably one of the top, I don't know, 20 cards in the set. Does it need to be in Goblin decks or can it just be in any deck that wants to? Oh yeah, any any kind of sack engine deck will want this. There's a lot of ways to win with this card, generate value with this card. I think it's going to be fine. I don't think there's a lot to say about Imperial Recruiter that hasn't been said. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to it's going to go in a ton of decks. It's going to enable a lot of things. It'll be played fairly and unfairly. It's a, it's a it's going to be one of the most played cards in the set, I think, ultimately. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it can do. Query on Ranger Stan. I think we talked to this briefly, right? Uh, we have not gotten to this one yet. I'm excited to see what this sets up in Elves. If you've never played with Kyrion Ranger in Legacy Elves, you can generate a ton of mana with this bad, bad girl. <laughs> one mana, one, one reads return a forest you control to its owner's hand, untap target creature, activate only once each turn. Not only does this let you generate extra mana with things like Archdruid or um, Heritage Druids, but you can also capitalize on games where you only have one land, where you can tap that forest, use her to bounce the forest back to your hand, play that land again, tap it for another green. So really interesting card, really powerful in older formats, and I think it's uh, a really cool upgrade for the modern Yeah, it will help elves. 
Uh, Titania, Protector of Argoth, three green, green, legendary creature elemental. When uh, she ETBs, you return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whenever a land you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, create a five, three green elemental creature token. She's a five, three. This card will do something. Uh, too much value, too easy to, to accrue ongoing value for it not to do something. Yeah, I mean, it's already been picked up by Doomwake in um, Primeval Titan decks. With- Weird. With Zuron Orb. Card's yeah. good. Uh, Shardless Agent. I think you talked about that already. Uh, this card will do something. Uh, it's a three mana Cascade spell. It already has. Yeah. Side-by-side uh, uh, side with Fire Ice, which we jumped over. I think Fire and Ice is probably... It does enough where I think it's going to see more play than you, su- than you su- suspect it will. So I think especially in the Cascade decks where it gives you interaction options, but it has a four mana value card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Vindicate. Yeah. Simple, clean, beautiful card. One white, black sorcery, destroy, target, permanent. Anything. Esper's blowing up your lands. Yeah, the hard part is it still costs three. Yeah. Uh, the, the the easy part is it destroys target permanent. Also, if you have a Teferi Time Raveler down and you <laughs> and you take him up, you can play this at instant speed. I don't, well, I don't think a lot of people notice that. Okay, that's good. I like it. Cursed Totem? Yeah. I mean, stretches out that wishboard some more. I mean, it even hoses mana abilities. Mm-hmm. Activated abilities of creatures can't be activated. For so two, two mana artifact. Two mana artifact. Pretty good. Put that put that with your blood moon and, and smoke it. Wow. Uh, I think the last card that caught my eye, and Shane, if you want to go back and mention one of the other ones, is Zeron Orb, which is the zero mana artifact sack of land you gain to life. Yes. Yeah, so, so so easy. So tutorable. So zero. Yeah. So it has a little bit of a combo with Titania where... You know, you can play your Zeron Orb early, and then when you play Titania Protector of Argoth, grab a land from your yard. That's value. Make an extra body. That's really good. Okay. Stan, we've got two lands. I think Mish's Factory is probably fine. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this one. Yeah, so it's a it's a tap to add colorless. Pay one to make it a 2-2 artifact creature until end of turn, or tap it to make... Uh, an assembly worker creature on the battlefield get plus one plus one until end of turn i think it's really cool i love how you can just grow it over and over and over until you're ready to attack with it you do expose it to removal but i've never played with this card i've always kind of wanted to and i'm kind of i'm pretty curious to see what it does maybe it can be a control finisher I think it's probably just okay. It's probably not good enough. Uh, we'll see. Maybe you can even throw it into scales. Generate a ton of tokens that you start moving around with Ozolith. Uh, the next land I think is kind of being slept on, kind of being overlooked. That's Riptide Laboratory. Tap to add colorless land or one in the blue tap. Return target wizard you control to its owner's hand. I think this used to be kind of better in like ones like spells, stutter, sprite, or whatever were like mm-hmm. legitimate things to play. Mm-hmm. There are snapcaster mage locks to be found here there's counter spell snap there's there's stuff to do with this card uh i think it'll be fine i think that we'll see some play and annoy you dave if you're out there did you ever think shane would be the one who refers to snapcaster mage locks no i never saw it coming stan that's the set review we did it we talked about every card in great detail I'm I'm proud of us. Last week and this week were a lot of fun. We have about 10 minutes. What I'd love to do is just blast through like a quick 
sort of best of, worst of, things we're unsure about. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We don't have to do a lot of explaining. We just have to do a lot of talking. I don't even want to, I don't even want to take a break. I don't even want to waste the 15 seconds Yeah. on the break. Let's just go into it. Let's go into the, the faux wind down. And it's our uh, picks to click and misclick. And all like, oh, picks to misclick. Why have we never used that before? I like that. I like that. Let's save that for later. This is where... I think our, our spiciest and potentially most embarrassing called shots are going to happen. You gotta, if you don't call a shot, are you really a podcast? We've written a handful of questions to kind of categorize the set. Shane, I'm with you. Let's go through them as quickly as possible, starting with what we think our best new to modern reprint is. Yeah. Imperial Recruiter. I think that this will have the widest range of applications, potentially be game-breaking in its impact. I think it's going to be more impactful more broadly than Counterspell. Wow. What does Connorsville have to do with anything? You. Hurry. Apropos of the initial tournament results where Charlotte's Agent was super played, this was already kind of on my watch list just because it requires, Charlotte's Agent requires so little setup compared to something like Charlotte's Agent or Imperial Recruiter where you want to put Recruiter into a deck. Agent, you can kind of sort of throw into any deck that can cast it without necessarily, you know, stretching it in a specific direction to make it worthwhile. So... I think that's the card that's going to see a lot of play for a really long time. Yeah, I don't disagree. Stan, what's your favorite new card in the set? Favorite new cards, new card, whatever. Because I did not have a knee-jerk reaction to this, I wrote down my Timmy, Johnny, and Spike cards. Please, beautiful. My Timmy card, Cauldra Complete. Yeah, I mean, if that's the Timmy card, we know it's a good set. My Johnny card, Ave Progenitor Ooze. Yeah. The green storm payoff that makes a ton of tokens. I like it. And my Spike card... Ignoble Hierarch. Good picks. Shout outs to all the Timmy's, Tammy's, Spikes out there. Uh, mine is, I think, Dothy Voidwalker in Raw Power, Esper Sentinel in Cool Factor, and also being a human, and Grist the Hunger Tide in Cool Design. Love it. Best creatures. Again, really hard to just pinpoint individual creatures. Yeah. I broke this down into colors. How did you break this down? Just, uh, I think, Ignoble Hierarch, like you mentioned, I think it's just utility great card and Zabaz the Glimmer, Glimmer Wasp because it's I think going to revitalize an old deck. Wow. How about you? White Esper Sentinel. Yeah, beautiful. Blue Subtlety. Cool. Is that a creature? Technically it's an elemental, yes. Black Grief? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think Dothy might have something to say about that, but I'm also super high on that card. Yeah, they're they're so neck and neck. I and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I just think Grief provides so much value throughout the game at different points of the game. And it can be such a backbreaking card early. Why not play him in the same deck as Dothry? Why not both? Red. And this is the hardest, but my gut says the best red card is Imperial Recruiter. Wow, even over Ragavan or that that uh that that delirium flyer thing everyone loves. Even over the delirium flyer thing. And then green agreed with you, Ignoble Hierarch. Uh I did I, I didn't mention a colorless card. Let's just say culture complete, but gold, shardless agent as well. Yeah. All right. What's next? Best Elemental Incarnation. Okay. I think Solitude's probably the best in raw power. Grief is probably the most overrated and overhyped, but still great. And I think Endurance is the most underrated. What is Endurance the green one? The green one, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of leaning into exactly what you said, but I, I think the best one is still just Grief because it's proactive. And I really like that it's more or less good whenever. White and blue ones are fantastic too, of course, but... Grief looks like the one that can potentially actually inspire its own decks or slot into existing strategies. Shane, yeah. do you think there's any cards that are likely to get banned in modern out of this set? 
I mean, I don't think anything's going to get banned quickly besides maybe Urza's saga. I think Dothy Voidwalker again is begging to be broken or to be seen as annoyingly overpowered and built around in a way that's like, I'm, I'm only trying to use Dothy Voidwalker to do something as broken as possible. And that might make other strategies have to be sort of shaped around its existence. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually what Dothy does is considered too annoying. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I kind of agree with your initial position because they hired so many people to help design the set. I think they wanted to be abundantly careful that nothing was going to present another Hogak scenario. And whatever people say the quote new Hogak is seems to change every week. There was a point people said it was Ragavan. There was a point people said it was Asmore. Now we're saying it's Urza Saga. It, we keep moving the goalposts. Maybe there's no new Hogak. Maybe they're all Hogaks. But when I look for cards that are potentially breakable, I can't shake the feeling that it's some of these black graveyard cards that are really asking for trouble. Whether it's Magus of the Bridge, which is templated very similar to a previously banned card. Maybe it's Echoing Return, which can be like a three for one, if not more, and some really nonsense shells. Maybe even Unmarked Grave is just really, really too efficient. I hope not. I want to see these cards do good work, but it'll be exciting to see if they kind of messed up Graveyard all over again. Yeah. Um, Stan, what do you think the biggest single upgrade to an existing deck is? I think it's just Counterspell. You think that's the biggest upgrade due to a deck? Yeah, it's just now essentially the best two-mana counterspell that you can ever play. Yeah. And we knew it would be, and I think we're happy to have it. And it's just going to stick around forever. As long as there's control decks, they're going to play counterspell, and that's basically solved as soon as it was spoiled. I tried to go on how much better I think it would make the deck, not just like, you know what I mean? Like, I think counterspell is like probably, it's definitely better. But how much better? But I think Svelin of Sea and Sky to Merfolk is like just such a huge boon. Uh, also persist to reanimator strategies. Yeah. What's next? So let's channel Dave a little bit. He loves yeah, talking Dave, about Dave's here. He loves talking about trends, right? Do you think there are any modern decks that have big up arrows next to them because of this set? I mean, I am informed by some early results, so I I I have to apologize here, but I do think, I mean, before we would ask this, I would probably say Vengevine style decks, uh, humans, reanimator, and modular scales decks, simply because of all the tools that these these decks got. I think it's kind of a no-brainer to say that these decks have an up arrow next to them. Agreed. Certainly Vengevine, certainly scales. I think Kiki Jiki, because of if Imperial Recruiter might have some spicy new technology that makes it more consistent and resilient five color niv got a lot of cool technology from the gold cards that i want to see if they adopt any of that and of course just regular old control got both free spells and hyper efficient spells whether that's counterspell or vindicate in an esper control build how about that down arrow give me that down arrow um tron (laughs) always they're always coming always coming for me i think tron is perhaps the biggest down arrow deck that i can see right now Hope to be wrong because I spent a bunch of money on it. Yeah, it's not going to. I think it's there's always more reasons not to play Tron, right? There's not always a lot more too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Maybe this is a hot take, but I kind of yeah. think Heliod. Heliod Company seems to have a down arrow next to I mean, to the it as Evoke well. stuff is good. There's just a lot of ways to, you can tap out or just, you know, not be punished, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to interact with what Heliod's doing now. Um, a lot of ways. I think Death Shadow is really bad right now. I mean, potentially. 
for a number of reasons. Solitude, of course. But also people, I think, are playing to the battlefield with these small creature combo strategies now. Whether it's like scales or it's humans or it's like uh, a reanimator, like a sacrifice small creature strategy, like a vengevine type thing. Death Shadow doesn't love a lot of blockers. And I think there's just a lot of ways for Death Shadows to get stopped right now because I think Solitude will be popular. And that's just huge against it. For sure. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Death Shadow at all. I just keep seeing cards that I think I want to put in Death Shadow, but I haven't considered <laughs> that maybe the deck is about to get bad. You still need Death Shadow to be good. The card itself. Best new or mostly new deck in modern that you think will get created. I mentioned this in the review part. I think Goblin Bombardment Sack will be a thing. Yeah, for me, it's the reanimator decks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a non-deck right now, so it'll basically be a new deck. Totally. Are, uh, do you think there are decks that people are going to try that won't be good enough? I, I don't think Domain Zoo is going to be that good. I just don't. I don't think the tools are there to warrant the, the setup cost and the setup issues there. I also don't think Enchantress will, <laughs> will ever be good, uh, but I could be wrong. What about you? Hey, I agree with Domain. I don't think I'm as impressed with it as basically the rest of the internet because um, I don't know if I want to play tap trilands in my aggro strategies. You don't? That's weird. It is, but that's me. I'm I'm quirky like that. I hate to say it because I just talked about this deck having an up arrow, but I'm like deep down inside, I'm worried that Kiki Jiki is a liability. Like it's so hard to cast, even with index with Blood Moon, it can be so hard to cast sometimes. Here's hot take time. What are your most overlooked or underrated cards in the set? Okay, underrated Dragons Rage Channeler. <laughs> this, is, this is like one of the most overrated cards, I think. I don't see anyone talking about it except maybe some people in our Slack. I feel like I've heard about it like at every podcast because it's like everyone's like, is this Delver? Is this not Delver? I, I, I guess I've been listening to the wrong episodes. I feel like people are so hung up on Urza and Asmore and, and the domain cards that it, it hasn't gotten as much attention as I think it has. But I'm glad to to be wrong, I guess, on this one. So, yeah. What about you? I think I think Chatterfang. <laughs> You know me and my feelings on the squirrel card. I, I don't love them. I think Chatterfang is like probably sneaky cool. I think it's doing something in Yogg decks. I think there's something to be said for making a bunch of tokens, sacrificing tokens. I think there's something to Chatterfang. Uh, Riptide Laboratory, that's the wizard bounce land. Mm. Bone Shards? Bone Shards is really good, I think. Oh, yeah. Bone Shards rules. I mean, one black mana to discard or sack a creature to destroy a creature or a planeswalker. It's great. Uh, prismatic ending. I just can't believe how little I'm hearing people talk about this. Like, I think prismatic ending is huge. That's the X white converge exile uh, spell. Non land permanent. That's another card that I'm like 99% positive. I've already seen appear in blue white X control decks from the challenges. And then flame blitz. People, uh, no one's talking about the. Enchantment that deals damage to Planeswalkers at the end of turn. I think that's a huge sideboard get. Okay, I think we don't have too much time left. Let's talk about our overrated cards. Uh, I'll start. Please. Dragon Rage Challenge Channeler. <laughs> it's Dragon Channeler is like a it's a cool card with a tough to enable effect, especially early. Like if you think you're going to untap with this as like a uh, three three flyer that has to attack each turn, you are not playing my modern that I've been playing a little bit sometimes. Um, I mean, this also doesn't need to be enabled early. It doesn't have to. It could just be an efficient 3-3 flyer later on. I don't know. I think people keep looking at the ceiling of this card and not the floor. I also think they're looking at the ceiling and not the floor of Ragaman. Mm. I think Ragaman's really good. Mm -hmm. But two things. 
Casting your opponent's spells kind of stuff is often useless in modern. And but that being said, the snowball of the treasure tokens is legitimate. But then there's so many ways this card gets stopped. (laughs) Any creature, any one mana removal spell. Um, The dash kind of makes up for that. But I just I I think Ragaman is cool. And I think Ragaman is the kind of card that can snowball heavily. Uh, But I think that there's a lot of ways to fight this card and people will be fighting it. And I think it'll end up being fine. It also I don't know what home it goes into. Like this doesn't go into like burn. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Maybe it just actually goes into every red deck. But I do agree with you. That one is overrated. It's on my list as well. It was the first card I saw compared to Hogan. I may have yeah. mentioned that already. You know what I think is kind of a cold card? Yeah, tell me. Grist. Yeah, you think so? I mean, I think I think it depends on what you are what you want to put it in. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's if it's sees play, it's just going to see pretty narrow play. Yeah, I think that's fine. But I think you're right, where it's not like some busted three-mana Planeswalker. It's not like Oko or something. Mm-hmm. Shane, are there cards you're actually afraid of that may be messing up modern? Urza mm, Saga? Uh, Dothy, again. Uh, I think Persist is dangerous. I think all of the elementals, of course, are dangerous. Like, it's just like, I just don't know why they made the elementals. Like, they go through all this trouble to be like, we're not paying free cards. We're not playing free cards. We're not playing reduced ca- casting cost cards. Okay, we'll maybe give you force. And then it's like, here's some elementals. And it's just like, what? What? Are you, what? What are you doing? It's like free with upside potentially because you can do all sorts of like you know, sack shenanigans or something like that. I don't like it. I'm what a you? little nervous about Asmore. Yeah. Cool card. Yeah, it's it's essentially a guaranteed two for one, right? If she hits the board, you get that cookbook. And that cookbook in and of itself generates a ton of value as well. Um, I'm worried both sides of that combo might also be a little too pushed. In yeah, the it's pretty, it's pretty good. They're definitely like, we want you to play with this funny card we made funny named card, at least Stan, we're long on time. What's, what's your final take on okay. modern horizons Two? All right. Final take. Final take. I think modern horizons two is massive. Oh yeah. Huge. A- absolutely massive. I think MH2 is going to be a more apparent turning point for modern than MH1 was. And if if I if my prediction ends up being correct, I think there's going to be a very clear line in the sand of when MH2 impacted the format. And it's not that hard for me to at least imagine an environment in the future where any deck that is playable and you know sees consistent results, whether it's in leagues or challenges or at the LGS they're playing something from this set because it's generating so much value, providing so many efficient, uh, interesting, unique, or redundant new tools for every color, every type of deck. I think this was designed to be a pretty balanced set, but also designed to be powerful enough that people will need to pick it up to keep up with the format, which I don't know how much of an appetite I have for that to happen over and over and over again. But I'm I'm hopeful that this one makes the format more fun without being particularly degenerate. And I'm okay with waiting like five years until the next one. I kind of hope we don't have to wait only two years until the next one. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with almost everything you said there, I think, Stan. Which is just like, this feels pretty soon after the first one. It feels more impactful. It seems specifically designed to make big changes in the format. I think there's some big risks that they took here. I'm feeling positive about the, the format being shaken up though. It's felt a little stale to me for a while. I think there's going to be more significant shifts and that that will endure longer. And I think you said kind of the same thing, like then horizons one, like horizons one was like, here's some obviously bannable strategies like Hogak, like even Urza felt 
too powerful early. And and I don't really want modern to be changed like this. I don't want it, but it's like, this is what's going to happen. And I think this will accomplish the goal of selling packs, of making a cool limited format, of giving players a lot of different tools to experiment with and to play with and to have fun with. And I will think, I do think that the change will be positive, but at what cost financially and sort of logistically and in terms of just dealing with the, the sea change of all of this. This is a huge power level change. It's a huge drop of just tons of cards designed to see play, designed to be purchased and want to change decks. And you're right, Stan, every deck we see moving forward will almost certainly see Horizons 2 cards. Shane, I've got bad news for you. Please. That wraps up this week's show. It was another good one, just the two of us, my friend. Dave, we hope you can join us back next week. Uh, if not, I think Shane and I can just take it take it on together forever. I really love Dave on the show, though, Stan. I'm at the point where I think I can just do it alone, too. Okay, just just run it solo? It's good. That's the, we, yeah, we'll retire. Just me reading the notes that the, the, you two write, and I'll do them in your voices as well. Listeners, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at the dive down, all one word. You can even email us thedivedown at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash the dive down. Thank you to everyone who's already a patron. You keep us going every week. And if you want to support us, it's really easy to do so. Great perks at every tier. Also, shout out to Mana Traders for sponsoring the Dive Down. You can support our show while playing Magic if you sign up for Mana Traders using promo code the Dive Down twenty twenty one, all one word. The numbers are our numbers. Get fifteen percent off your first two months of renting Magic online cards, including Modern Horizons two cards. They're spicy. I, I looked into that Underworld cookbook. A lot of spice. As always, special thanks to the bands Nowhere and Space Split for letting us use their music. And until next week, go break modern. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. Winky, winky.